what have we here? A scintillating, supercharged, zero punt kickoff to the 13th week in the NFL season. All that to say, it was one hell of a game between the Cowboys and the Seahawks, and it featured zero punts. Exactly zero punts. But the trade-off was, even though we got no punts, 800-plus yards of offense, and a ton of points, as NFL games go this year, this is a very high-scoring affair. 76 points total. We also had to deal with 19 penalty flags. And I'm not kidding about this. I've done the math. I believe in my math. 257 penalty yards between the two teams. That's absurd. There does not need to be that much oversight. That much micromanaging. That much of a stop and start effect, but we saw it so, so, so many times in this game, including late first half when the Seahawks had to score not once, not twice, but three times. Yeah, it was over the top, over-regulated, over-managed, over-corrected, over the top. However, we did get a really good game. Imagine how many more points there might have been if not for the penalty flags. <laughs> so, yes, we end up with 800-plus yards, 76 points, 19 penalty flags, and a doozy in Dallas on Thursday Night Football. Man, what a weekend we've got in store. It's going to be a weekend full of your favorites in football. So we will usher in a football Friday. We will usher in a freaky Friday. We will usher in a fantastic Friday. (gasps) We'll all show, all show, all show long. All show long. That's what I meant to say. Of course, don't even try to act like there goes the perfect show. It's still perfect. Kick saving a beauty, baby. All show long. All show long. (laughs) I'm such a weirdo. <laughs> Jakey's looking at me like he has no idea what I'm talking about. I also know what you mean. <laughs> no, all show long. All show long. <laughs> you don't think I saved it, do you? No, you should say kick save beauty. Kick beauty. save beauty. At the last second, it was just the very toe of my skate. The managed were, to keep oh, fans were standing up. Managed to keep the puck from crossing the goal line. Snatched it. Snatched it. There we go. All show long, we will be reminding you that November is nearly done. You guys, it's almost December. We get to usher in December here on After Hours with Amy Lawrence on CBS Sports Radio. Eek. That's really how you usher in December. Eek. Please find me on Twitter, A-Law Radio. Also on our Facebook page, After Hours with Amy Lawrence, I actually haven't tried to get into it yet on this particular night here at the office. Last night it was not working. We had to we had to employ some trickeration. 
Doesn't matter. You can't keep us down. You can't keep a good show down. All show long. (laughs) Did you know defense wins championships? Oh, we'll prove it coming up a little bit later on. We will get you set for the other biggest. Oh, no. See, I can't say it like that. I've got to be diplomatic and objective. Even as we are you having trouble getting into our Facebook page in there? The whole computer is down. Oh. Not even just the just entirely. What did Shep do? No, he was having issues too. I thought maybe I could come in and fix it. Oh, you just thought by your good looks and charm? The fact that you stand in there and you you deal with every problem that comes your way, all you had to do was just turn it on and it would work for you. Oh no, it's broken. Broken? It's I can't get in. I can't get it on. Broken? As far as I know, yeah, it's uh, beyond my repair at this Did point. Did you unplug it and plug it back in? That's what I'm going to try, but there's a lot of plugs in to un- oh, I don't unplug oh the gosh, wrong could one. you imagine? So it's-, it's like Home Alone, where you're like pulling out plugs and pushing <laughs> Got to be very careful in here. <laughs> oh, not Home Alone. That's uh, Chevy Chase, right? Where they're, where they're unplugging a bunch of plugs and Chevy trying vacation. to plug in. Yeah, Christmas Vacation. Isn't that what I'm thinking of? I think so. I bet you could find the scene on YouTube. You could YouTube it. If I can get on the computer. Oh, nah, you don't need it for that. You've got a phone. Just kidding. You know the rules in there. No time on the phone while we're uh, on the I'm, air. I don't look at my phone at all. couple of times in the past 11 years, I have looked up only to see a fill-in. I wouldn't even call him a producer. Wouldn't call them producers. It's happened more than once. Only to see one of the young men no longer allowed to work on the show. <laughs> Playing on his phone or texting on his phone or looking at his phone. That's a negative, Ghost Rider. Yeah, I can't do that. No, absolutely not when you're sitting at the board. Now, I will say one time I was wrong. You may remember that Manny, he was training and he was sitting in the assistant producer's chair. Well, it actually is supposed to be the producer's chair, but where you are is the producer's chair for all intents and purposes. He was sitting next to you and he was looking at his phone and I made a comment about it on the air, but you quickly informed me that he was taking notes about the show. That's the only exception. Yeah. He actually wasn't touching any of the buttons. He wasn't the one working the magic. So I could have a little grace for him, but anyone who sits where you sit, you don't actually sit. Anyone who stands where you chairs stand, that's right. No chairs, no computer. This is, you know what we're really doing? We're just playing a game of telephone. <laughs> it's archaic. We don't need any stinking equipment. We just talk really loudly and send it down the line. <laughs> this, this goes back to even before me, before I was in the business. There used to be something called score phone <laughs> where... No joke. Look it up. Where a, I guess we'll call him a broadcaster. A broadcaster would dial up a number on a landline. So on a handheld phone. We're not talking cordless here. We're talking handheld phone and receiver in the office. And the broadcaster, quote unquote, would then record the scores. Hit a particular button. You essentially leave it as a voicemail, and then people who subscribe to Scorephone would call up, hit a particular number, and get all the scores. No joke. Wow. Forget the internet or your smartphone. Scorephone is 
where it was at. So you just kind of had to wait there for to go through all the scores until you got the one you wanted. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> you were informed, I suppose. You guys! That was before me. I never did score phones, so I'm not that old. It's After Hours here on CBS Sports Radio, and we have got a really cool show, all show, <laughs> lined up for you. <laughs> I know. I know. I'm sorry. Okay. It's almost Friday. I had nearly eight hours of sleep. Producer Jay and I have recorded a brand new edition of Ask Amy Anything for the holidays. Plus your last and best and final wedding questions. Ask Amy walks down the aisle. Do you know it's two weeks from Sunday? Thank you. Thank you so much. <laughs> you know what we need? We need Alex Ovechkin and his screaming after he won the Stanley Cup. It was so great. I have it actually as a video saved on my Twitter, liked on my Twitter, because it had to be one of the greatest moments in Stanley Cup postseason history. When he finally... Thank you very much. No, no, no. Well, that was funny, too. But I'm referring to the moment that he touched the Stanley Cup for the first time and hoisted it above his head on the ice in Las Vegas. That guttural yell that came out of Alex Ovechkin, relief and release, and, oh, it's got to be one of the greatest noises I've ever heard in sports. (laughs) Except I think that's the one at the parade, Jay. Might be. I think you're cheating. I think you're trying to cheat me. I'm just getting Ovi screaming. You're just getting Ovi screaming. Ovi, our our dog, our lab named Ovi. Someday. I wonder what Bob will think when I tell him that we're adopting a dog named Ovi. It's already happening, so I don't know if he's got a choice. Is it? Yeah, because you love dogs. Mm, well, it's going to stay at your place, right? <laughs> yeah, no worries. Me, Bob, Sugar, Penny, Daisy, Ovi. And Ovi. Perfect. <laughs> What, are you never going to come over and visit Ovi? I'll see him once in a while. Oh, because you know what happened when one of our colleagues brought a dog to the office? Oh, I don't think I've heard about that, actually. You don't remember? Severe talking to, much trouble, potentially even suspended, though it would have been on the hush-hush. Do not bring your dog to the office. Wow. Apparently, we do not do bring your dog to work day. Forget the fact that we've got people sleeping on couches everywhere and we get bed bugs. Don't worry about that. No, that's fine. Let's worry about whether or not we bring a dog to the office. We can't have fleas, too. No, no, we can't have fleas, but we can have bed bugs. Those are okay. That's fine. Didn't I get an email about a, a support animal in the building? Yes, but not when we're here. Unfortunately, it's a second shift support animal. Oh, uh, yeah, that's unfortunate. When I used to uh, fill in, not fill in, sorry, when I used to do shows from Houston. At Sports Radio 610. I haven't in a while because now when I do shows from Houston, including this holiday season, uh, I just use the Comrex, which is a piece of equipment that costs a lot of money and allows me to, uh, it's not mine, allows me, just so you don't think that I had $10,000 to to fork over to shell out for it, um, but it allows me to do the show from the super secret home base. So this time... Uh, When I'm in Houston, I will be using a Comrex. However, when I used to go into the studios at Sports Radio 610, there was a man who worked late nights. I don't think he stayed overnight as long as I was there, but he worked late nights and had a very large dog with him. If I remember correctly, it was either a large German Shepherd. It was a 
Maybe it was a Great Dane. It was a large dog, like a really big dog. And uh, the dog would just lay down on the floor behind the console where you are. And it was a support animal, but a very large support animal. And he, he just had it on with all times. It mm-hmm. would be with him. Yeah. Wow. If I remember, don't quote me on this, Houston. But if I remember correctly, because I don't recall his name, uh, he was a veteran, a military veteran. Mm-hmm. And... Yeah, it's not as though we were jokey about the support animal. I mean, he he was an actual support animal to help with PTSD and that type of thing. Sure. Yeah. So I can understand why dogs have a very calming influence. Now, a support animal peacock? No. Have you read the stories online about maybe it's someone who's listening to the show now? A support animal who's a peacock. How is that supportive or calming? I don't know. The peacock will peck your eyes out. That's the, not calming. The noises they make are very <laughs> jarring. Wild. Yeah, very jarring. I've actually seen many people in my travels have cats now on planes. Again, how is that? I know that people love their cats. I kind of love my cat. Uh, she's not very supportive. <laughs> <laughs> but she does nice. she does like to purr and sit on my lap and and uh when when it comes time to merch households uh Bob's not allowed to have Daisy on the bed and I don't know how I'm going to keep Sugar off the bed but that's the deal that we have. But if you know if she just happens to sneak up on the bed while he's sleeping like who cares? He'll never know. He wouldn't know. <laughs> he would, unless she's sleeping on his pillow. <laughs> mm, that is too late. Anyway, did you hear about the emotional support alligator a few weeks ago? Stop it! Or that maybe is a month not or so? the alligator will eat you. How is that supportive? It was at the, some guy brought it to a Phillies game, uh, late September, early October. Yeah, and he was at the gate waiting in line like everybody else with his emotional support alligator on a leash. And they were like, "Sir, you cannot <laughs> bring that alligator into the stadium." And he's like, "Why not? It's my emotional support alligator. It didn't fit the criteria, but he had it. It will eat you." And at the very least, we'll take a chunk larger than Tua's arm chunk out of your oh, no. arm. It, that's like having an emotional support shark. What <laughs> in the world does that do in terms of your supportive and, and encouragement and all those types of needs? It helped him with his depression. I don't know. Did it? That's what he said. So. Huh. Maybe when it, eat, when it ate his neighbors. Maybe, but he hated his neighbors. <laughs> the the guy who was making too much noise next door, who would have the late night parties. And send the croc on him. <laughs> Wait, alligator and croc are not the same thing. I know. Was it a gator or a croc? This was an alligator. It wasn't a pair of crocs? Not a pair of crocs. Google emotional support peacock. You'll see. <laughs> There's a story <laughs> about how this person. Oh, there he is. Yep. Tried to take, I think it might have been the same thing. Tried to take one on the plane. Oh, yeah. The traveler is banned. Yeah, I wonder now, why that is. The peacock may have pecked someone's eyes out. It was a tried to have taken aboard a United Airlines flight and yeah. uh, got in a lot of trouble, it looks like. Mm, right. What exactly is emotionally supporting about a peacock? She offered to buy the bird its own ticket. <laughs> That's what it said. Duh. <laughs> it was in Newark, actually. Stop it. The airline refused to let the bird board at Newark Airport in New Jersey. Let the bird board. Refused to let the bird board. The bird was the board. bird on a leash? That's what I want to know. Or was the bird in no. a cage? It, from the picture, it's, I mean, I don't know how many other pictures there are of peacocks in airports. This has got to be the one. <laughs> uh, it's it's just on, like, the luggage cart, and it's just perched, like, on the, you know, handle. No leash, no cage. Forget the fact that 
the bird is a wild animal. It doesn't do what you tell it to do. It's not identified as a service animal. It doesn't have like a vest or a... Well, that's it. If it doesn't have a vest, it cannot... Did the alligator have a vest? I think he did have a vest. <laughs> Stop it. If you could pick any animal to be your emotional support animal, what would it be? <sighs> oh, that's a great show question tonight. I'm serious. That's, that's it. That's the one. Remember the show we did on the best breed of dog? Of that's course. how we got connected to Matt the Musher in Alaska. So tonight... What emotional support animal would you choose if you could? Are you ready for mine? Yeah. You're going to have to wait. What's yours? Can I can I think about it for a, a canary? No, definitely not a bird. <laughs> oh, there are people out there actually though who so I've got some friends who live in Connecticut. Their daughter has challenges with anxiety. They bought a bird, a very I think it's a parakeet, but it's really smart, learns tricks, speaks back to you. She actually got permission to take the bird with her to college, and mm. she was able to keep the bird in her dorm room because it was, in fact, considered and labeled, classified as an emotional support parakeet. I, I guess, then I don't see, if you can His get name's the parakeet, Louis. you can't get the peacock, though? No. The peacock does not talk back to you. I, yeah, but you got to like, train it. It doesn't, it's not like it's sentient. Like, <laughs> I don't, I've never heard anything about trained peacocks. I could be wrong. I don't think so either, but I, a parakeet Not to maybe. mention if it's a male peacock and it, it opens up and fans its feathers, uh, that could be a problem for pretty much anybody around it. It's intimidating. It isn't. Well, it, that means they're ready to fight you. I'll need a, a support animal after I see that. So uh, Did you just say I'll eat a support I'll animal? I will not eat the peacock, no. I'll eat a support animal. (laughs) That that wouldn't be nice. Good show question. If you have a support animal, we would love to hear from you. Uh, And I'm not telling you there's no place for them. I'm only saying that a peacock and a gator, they'll eat you or peck your eyes out. How in the world is that emotionally supportive? He he wasn't allowed to bring it in. So. <laughs> no. I love that it happened in the airport that I use the most. Of mm. course. Of course it did. It's a circus there. You might see him. <laughs> he might be on your next flight. He can't go through security, but he can hang out in the airport. Okay. <laughs> Why are we so weird? We're the only people who think we're funny. You know that, right? Yeah. <laughs> you get that a lot. Mm-hmm. Sometimes. <laughs> All right, actual football. Week 13, we'll dive into Cowboys, Seahawks. We will leave the emotional support peacocks behind. Uh, Also, we'll soon have the After Hours Game of the Week poll. I'll show the After Hours Game of the Week poll. This probably would have been one of the games that we put in the poll, but since Thursday nights do not count, because that would be really, it, it would defeat the purpose. Uh, I'm thinking, Jay, I'm thinking San Francisco, Philadelphia may have a healthy lead. Kansas City, Green Bay, just because of the setting at Lambeau Field. You know, this is the first time that Patrick Mahomes has ever played at Lambeau Field. So that's pretty cool. Uh, See, Cincinnati, Jacksonville probably was Mm -hmm. put on Monday Night Football originally because Joe Burrow, Trevor Lawrence, and these two division leaders from a year ago. But I don't think so anymore. I have one that I'm looking at right now where if I told you a few weeks ago, you would think I was insane, but uh-huh. I think it's got to be up it's there. It's Denver and Houston, isn't it? It's Denver and it's Houston. It's Denver and Houston. I can't vote for that. I, I don't game. believe in jinxes unless it's my team. I just, I can't vote for that. <laughs> 
But not only do I have the Broncos just as my team since I was 13 years old, but C.J. Stroud is my fantasy quarterback. So I just I can't touch that with a 10 football conflict of interest. It's a it's a huge conflict of interest. <laughs> All right. Find me on Twitter. A law radio. I do not have an emotional support animal, but I do know that Penny, my 14 year old Australian shepherd, golden retriever mix rescued me 11 and a half years ago. So I will say that she's been a godsend on our Facebook page after hours with Amy Lawrence. We're just getting started. We're ushering in December and a freaky, fantastic football Friday here on CBS sports radio. You are listening to the after hours podcast. to throw, has a clean pocket, throws it, it's caught by DK Metcalf on the run at midfield, showing the speed to the 30, Metcalf inside the 20, striding to the 10, and he's gone! 73 yards, leaving Donovan Wilson and Malik Booker in his dust, and Seattle takes a 6-3 lead. Under five to play in the first, eye formation again for Dallas. Dak under center, followed by Lipke and Pollard. He fakes it to Pollard, steps up, throws back to the end zone. There's CeeDee Lamb, tumbling, but he gets both feet down. Touchdown, Cowboys, and they retake the lead in the first. This is After Hours with Amy Lawrence. What if I told you Thursday night football would feature a game in which it was a wild back and forth, even in Dallas, against that vaunted Cowboys defense? Yeah, Dak Prescott, Tony Pollard, CeeDee Lamb, Jake Ferguson, go on and on, Brandon Cooks. The offense had to generate more offense just to keep up with the Seahawks who were in the touchdown into the uh, end zone with touchdown first. DK Metcalf, man, he's got some wheels despite his size. He makes the opposing cornerbacks and safeties look teeny tiny. It's a little bit like Cam Newton used to look against uh, running backs or or even up against a linebacker of sorts. So, yes, early on in the first quarter, we got the back and forth. Kevin Kugler on Westwood one and then Kyle Humans filling in at the last second for Brad Sham on Cowboys radio. We understand that Brad had a bit of an emergency on the way to the game And so Kyle had to step in. It's After Hours with Amy Lawrence, CBS Sports Radio. Late in the first half, we started to see the impact of all the flags over and over again. A couple of overturned touchdowns. And the Seahawks are just trying to get something, anything on the board before the break. Fant in the slot right. Lockett and Smith and Jigba wide right. Metcalf wide left. Geno Smith in the shotgun. Goes to the air, throws to the end zone on a slant. DK Metcalf with the touchdown. And the third time is a charm, or is it? There's a flag down again as Seattle ties it up. Outside, defense number 90. The penalty's all the plays, a touchdown. And this one will stick. 20-20. We can see a tie in Dallas. And actually, at the break, it was 21 to 20, the Seahawks in front. Once again, Kevin Kugler on Westwood one. And they did not drop off the pace in the third quarter. Ferguson's the tight end to the right. Three receivers left Gallup, Lamb, and Cooks. They pitch it to Pollard. Pollard breaks back to the inside, reaches for the end zone, and he's in. Touchdown, Cowboys. 
Tony Pollard finds Pater. And once again, Kyle Eumanns on Cowboys Radio. So the pace slowed a little bit, but not the scoring. To come out of the halftime locker room, the Seahawks go on a five-minute drive covering 75 yards. They get a score that puts them up by eight. Then the Cowboys are able to answer and draw within one on a 12-play drive that costs nearly six and a half minutes. Now, the defense at this point, you started to hear whether you were listening to Westwood One or Cowboys Radio, Seahawks Radio, maybe watching on Amazon Prime. You started to hear some mutterings about the Dallas defense and that really hadn't been all that good. Micah Parsons' name, I'm not sure I heard it mentioned even one time uh, to this point in the game. Hadn't seen a whole lot from that side of the ball that has been so good. Now, we know at home, the Cowboys generally put up enough points. In fact, they're good for 40-plus, usually at home, and they'd won 13 consecutive games. But because Geno Smith was right about the flow of the Seahawks' offense and because they were having success uh, downfield, and they were going deep, and I don't mean deep as in vertical, I mean deep in terms of their receiving core. They were using a variety of different targets to be able to move the ball. So Jackson Smith, Enigma, he had a real strong game. Tyler Lockett had five catches. Noah Fant was in there as well. Uh, they were mixing in the run. So because they were keeping the Dallas defense guessing, they looked like they were in a groove as well from the very beginning. So now on into that third quarter, Cowboys have pulled within one. Can the defense actually come up with a stop? Two receivers to both sides for Smith. Blitz comes. Throw right side. Deron Bland with another interception. No way for the NFC Defensive Player of the Month. Number eight on the campaign. Dallas has been providing pressure as of late. Fourth and inches. They snap it. It's Charbonnet. And he stops short to Marcus Lawrence. Donovan Wilson in the backfield. A huge tackle for loss. And a turnover on downs. Gives it back to Dallas with 7.04 to play. When they had to have the defensive stops, they did. Now, sandwiched in between those two defensive stops, the Duran Bland interception and then... The, the turnover on downs, it was a fourth and one, and it was a, an incredible play by DeMarcus Lawrence just kind of busting through the line. In between those two plays, there was another touchdown. DK Metcalf had three on the night in Dallas, so a banner performance for DK. Uh, but ultimately, because the defense for Dallas buckled down late in the game, it put the ball back in the hands of Dak Prescott in the Dallas offense. And so after that fourth and one that you hear on Cowboys radio, it was a relatively short field for Dak. Only had to go, I think it was, oh gosh, four or five yards into their own territory. And so they're looking at a much shorter path to the end zone. Belt high snap. Prescott with plenty of time. Lops it. End zone. Jake Ferguson. Covered by Jamal Adams, but it doesn't matter. Fergie into the end zone, and Dallas takes the lead in the fourth. 38-35 was the score at that point, and right. So Dallas needs just two and a half minutes to get into the end zone. Another stop, another turnover on downs, forced by the Cowboys D, and then an extra field goal, uh, which meant that the Seahawks had to score a touchdown to be able to come all the way back. But 
because of a weird decision by Mike McCarthy, and maybe not just Mike McCarthy, though he is calling plays now, so the buck falls on him. Instead of trying a run play on third down, so on the Cowboys' last legit possession, instead of trying a run play, I think it was third and three, if I remember correctly. Uh, Marco Belletti's here in studio. It was a third and three, a third and short. It wasn't a third and long. And they throw the ball instead. And it's an incompletion, so they don't get the first down, and the clock stops right away. And I'm listening to Westwood One at this point, and, of course, they're lamenting the fact that that was kind of a head-scratcher when you're trying to run as much time off the clock as you can. And maybe you get the first down if you run it, but either way, uh, because they didn't, the ball got back to the Seahawks with over a minute left on the clock. Fourth down and two from the 50. Three receivers right, all three of their targets to the right. Smith rushed by Parsons. He couldn't get it away. It was at the foot of DJ Dallas, and the Micah Parsons pressure forces an incomplete pass, and Dallas will hold on to win it at home. Told the team um, after the game that we need, we need we need games like this. I mean, this is what December football looks like, and you know, and I, we all understand what's in front of us. Because uh, you have to win the close games. I mean, to get to where you want to go, uh, you have to win these kind of games. And uh, this was this was a great example of how you just keep you know hanging in there and keep playing. You know, I, I think you know at halftime and you know we, we were frustrated. You know, we had a lot of penalties called, um, and, and I, I think our guys just knuckled down and played. And you know, they had some big plays there in the third quarter. But um, you know, once the fourth quarter came, you know, our guys got it done at the most important time. A lot of people have pointed to the Cowboys' schedule and indicated, hey, they don't have any wins against teams with with winning records. Uh, They've got victories over the Giants and the Jets and the Patriots and then the Chargers and the Rams and the Giants again and the Panthers and the Commanders. So rightfully so, their schedule, while it did have eight wins on it before Thursday night, was built on the backs of teams that are not real great teams with a lot of talent, but also they're not likely headed for the playoffs. So not great, not great gauges for how good Dallas actually is. And then their losses, if you remember, they got smashed by the San Francisco 49ers. That was such a poor game for Dak, though he's played extremely well since then. They lost in a very tight game against the Eagles. That was one in which Philadelphia rallied to come from behind. Yes, they lost to the Cardinals, but again, they're, their gauges against the real good teams, they've lost. One of them a close loss, but a loss nonetheless. Now, looking at this game, it's their first victory of the season against a team with a winning record. And then coming up, they've got Eagles next Sunday night. That's a game at AT AT&T Stadium. Can they extend their winning streak at home? They've got 14 consecutive victories at their own stadium. And then they go on the road at Buffalo. And right now, I know you could look at the Bills and say they're having a down year, but you you know that they still have a ton of talent, and they could actually come out and win a game like that. But at the very least, they're going to be tough and physical, and they're going to push you to the limits. After that, the Cowboys play the Dolphins and the Lions. So this, before they finish with the Commanders, this is the stretch that defines the season for the Dallas Cowboys. Uh, it's a stretch that very well could put them in position for, and I'm just saying, it's a little pie in the sky, but they're only two games back of the Eagles in the NFC East. 
could they potentially be vying for that top seed? We know how good they are at home. That would be a banner, like a banner achievement for the Cowboys because they do actually have a home field advantage. It's a little bit like the Chiefs or I don't want to say the Packers really, uh, but the Chiefs definitely have a home field advantage. Dallas does too. So if they could snag that top seed and the bye, it would be a big deal for them and potentially tip the scales uh, in a top-heavy NFC East. But now you think about the, the rest of their schedule, and if they get exposed, and if they can't return the favor against the Eagles, or they lose on the road at either Buffalo or Miami, well, then you start to think differently about the Dallas Cowboys. So this upcoming stretch, really through the end of the regular season, other than Washington, uh, it defines them. But this was highly entertaining. Zero punts for either team. We'll let you hear from Dak Prescott and Geno Smith. Um, And yeah, it it was a game that took a long time because of 19 flags combined and 257 penalty yards. We are off and running in week 13. Find me on Twitter, ALaw Radio. If you could pick any support animal, well, we've got our question up on our show Twitter after hours CBS. Marco, I kind of feel like you could be a candidate for a support animal. What kind of like I'm the animal? Stop it. I thought that's where you were going. What kind of animal would you choose if you needed a support animal? Uh, Don't say peacock or alligator because those are taken. Yeah, no. I, 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 boring. Sorry. I would take a dog. I would we love do. to have a dog. I just I can't do it right now with, with, with the way everything is, but I miss having a dog. Yeah, having so a dog cool. is like having another child. Uh, I'm I yeah I I've got enough. I, that's I'm not I'm not doing that. I'm not adding to the chaos. I got enough going on in the zoo that it's my house. I don't have a fenced in yard. Like no, no. I I, I don't have time to sleep. Never mind walk the dog. No, that's uh, I, I can't that's be true. adding into the to the circus. Would your oldest son take on some of that responsibility or no? Uh, yeah, he's I mean he would nine, say right? it, but yeah, he's nine. Like yeah. he's going to do it at times. He's not going to do it enough. And I wouldn't. I don't have the time to. Uh, with the nine and a three-year-old and a six-month-old, I'm not adding to the chaos that's going on. Never mind working at night. Like, no, I, I can't I do you. that. No, I got you. you he'd, be, he'd be good me. with a certain part of it. He's actually really good with a lot of responsibility, but he's nine. I, I'm not going to be dumb enough to think that, like, oh, every day he's going to be all over everything. No, he's not. No, he's not. As much as I love dogs, and I do, and we're getting ready to welcome a second dog to the house, uh, that's not the support animal that I would choose. So we're looking totally off the beaten path, off the football path for support animals, but the question's up on Twitter and Facebook. And coming up, we'll hear from Cowboys and Seahawks. We'll get your poll for after hours TD, nope, after hours game of the week. We've also got top of the hour Josh Pate, our friend, late kick Josh, to help us look ahead to conference championships and beyond to the college football playoff. You are listening to the After Hours Podcast. Charbonnet's the single setback with motion. Coming from the left to the right, play fake. Here comes the rush off the corner, and Gino throws to the back of the end zone. Touchdown, Seahawks! It's DK Metcalf again. That's number three for DK from three yards out, and he was running from the right side across the back of the end zone. Bland was chasing him. He didn't have a chance. The Seahawks go on top, 34-27, and DK Metcalf, is just having a night with his quarterback, Geno Smith. 
Off the field, on the money, and after hours, it's time to talk football with Amy Lawrence. A game with zero punts. Did you know it's only the fifth time in NFL history that we've had a game with no punts? I love it when we get those quirky nuggets. We call them nerd alert. Oh, it's been a while, Producer Jay. It felt good to scream that out. Nerd alert. I'm going to do it again just for you. Uh, DK Metcalf with his third touchdown of the game, as you're here with Steve Rabel on Seahawks Radio. And this was early in the fourth quarter. It put the Seahawks in front by eight points. But a couple of field goals, a touchdown to Jake Ferguson, and four fourth quarter defensive stops by the Cowboys flips the script and Dallas moves to nine and three now six and zero at home and that's 14 straight at AT&T Stadium Dak Prescott 29 of 41 299 yards and three touchdowns and boy since that game against the Niners he's having a ton of success about just believing and committing to it and and that's what I did and uh, not only just commit to, to Mike calling the plays but the changes that were asked in the way that I play the game my footwork whatever it may be and then most importantly the guys around me really committed to it and and those that's the receivers and that's them getting to their breaking points getting to their depths uh, winning at the top of their routes consistently knowing and understanding where I expect them to be that's the reason that, that, that I'm playing playing this way Dak's playing great ball, uh, just you know, really in sync. Um, you know, I think just you know the, the way they played, and uh, you know they did a good job up front. Uh, you know, we it took a while to get you know get some of the runs going, um, but you know I, that's that's what you got to do in these games. You just got to keep banging away, and you know we had some we had some uh, big runs come out in the fourth quarter when we needed it. They did. They actually rushed for 136 yards. Also got a dozen catches for C.D. Lamb. So he's at 116 yards and a touchdown in this game. Uh, just plenty of offense for both teams. Both were over 400 yards. It really came down to the Dallas defense buckling down in that fourth quarter and coming up with the stops when they absolutely had to have them. It's After Hours with Amy Lawrence on CBS Sports Radio. Geno Smith, he has over 330 yards passing, also has three touchdowns and a pick. And it's tough to come up short in a game like this. Um, Very fun game, you know, a lot of back and forth, but, you know, we had the ball last and, uh, you know, had an opportunity to win it. And so I felt like we, you know, we let ourselves down. We've played games where the offense has done well and the defense hasn't, or the defense has had our back and the offense hasn't done so well. So we just have to play a complete game as a team to where you know we're hitting on all phases. The offense is executing, defense is getting stops, and special teams is running in. So once we do that, uh, I think we're going to be a great team. Yeah, DK Metcalf makes a good point. The offense has waned the last couple of weeks. Both of them losses. We had talked about this on last night's show. And now here the offense goes into Dallas and puts up major numbers, and yet they lose because the defense isn't able to hold the Cowboys at bay, which is a tough ask at AT AT&T Stadium. But do you remember when the Seahawks, was it four weeks ago? Because the Niners had dropped three in a row, and they were going, shoot, where were they going to play? They had dropped three in a row. Were they playing at Jacksonville? That's where it was. They went to Jacksonville, cross-country to Jacksonville, and that was going to be their next game. But they ended up pounding the Jaguars, held them to three points, if I remember correctly. And so that was the turnaround for the Niners. Meanwhile, the Seahawks at that point had first place in the NFC West. Since that point, the Niners have won three straight. 
The Seahawks have lost three in a row. And so now they fall to six and six. Now, in the NFC, you're still very much in the playoff race at six and six. That's the same record as the Vikings. And don't look now, but the Packers are five and six. And they still have their starting quarterback who's starting to play better. Packers have a huge opportunity against the Chiefs at Lambeau on Sunday night football. The Saints and the Falcons are also five and six, as are the Rams. So remember last week when the Rams got the four touchdown performance from Matthew Stafford and a huge game from Kyron Williams, who just returned? What did they talk about? That they were right there in the playoff race. One more from Steve Carroll, and this is really about the amount of dirty laundry, as in yellow flags on the field. It's unfortunate that the game is, you know, it feels like there was a whole other factor in this game. I don't know. You guys saw a lot better than I did, but um, there's just way too many penalties in this game. And we got that for both sides. We got to get out of that, that kind of football. I could give you the breakdown for each team, but 19 penalty flags, 257 penalty yards. And you may remember there were multiple penalties that were declined. I think by the Seahawks, uh, late first half is when I remember a few of them. Imagine if they'd had those penalties, too. We're talking 270, maybe 280 in penalty yards. That's insane. That's way too many. The game is was micromanaged and over-negotiated. It's After Hours with Amy Lawrence, CBS Sports Radio.